0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Hope you've had a good year, or at least made it through the year. Today we're going to be playing Andy Green's interview with Mr. Bob Seger, and we have Andy Green himself here in the studio. Hey, Andy. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Pretty good, and Bob Seger has a newish album out called I Knew You When. It came out November 17th. It's a very strong album, and Bob happens to be an artist that we're very fond of, I think both of us.
1: Yeah, I love Bob Seger for my entire life, and he hasn't really had a ton of time in the spotlight in the the past few years, but his shows are fantastic, and he still packs arenas, and his voice is still very strong. I mean, I love the guy. I think Seger's voice, especially in the 60s and 70s, is one of the all-time great rock
0: voices. And a great, great melancholic, often songwriter, underrated And someone who had a a more interesting career than most people know about. We've both been lucky enough to talk to him. And one of the things you can talk to him about is just that he started in the same Detroit scene as Iggy Pop, you know, as as the Stooges. He was he was a total garage rocker the singer songwriter bob seeger that most people know him was just you know the second or third phase of his career
1: Yeah, i mean springsteen's years of struggles they dwarf what seeger went through started in 1963 or whatever and didn't break big until 76. he had one hit in around 68 or so rambling gambling man besides that he was in the proto-punk scene alongside the mc5 and the stooges and all these bands And then in the early 70s, he was doing like 200 and some shows a year in clubs and bars and making no money, selling no albums, but just working incessantly.
0: And the album he covers, uh, Lou Reed's Bustload of Faith, which is, you know, if you had to pick a hundred songs you might expect Bob Seger to cover, that probably wouldn't be among them. And it's a cool cover. Let's take a listen to it. You
2: can't depend on your
0: And then the other song that he covers is by Leonard Cohen, and it's Democracy.
1: Yeah, it's a semi-obscure Cohen song. It's from 92. It's certainly been cited a lot in the age of Trump, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why it's on there. But it's a very nice cover. It's just it's not a song I would have guessed that he would have gone for.
0: So let's hear that one as well.
2: It's coming from the field that this ain't exactly
0: So he has made a return to the road in the last, what, decade or so, post rock yeah, fame I deduction? Yeah, I
1: think what happened is he had kids pretty late in life, I mean, in his early 40s or so, and he was extremely wealthy, and those truck commercials were just minting money for him. Yeah, like a rock, of course. I yeah. think for 15 years, that was their song. So it was just money was falling out of the sky onto him, and he had kids, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I don't want to be a dad who's never home. I'm gonna raise these kids. So he taught me for years his life was driving
0: carpools and baseball games and cheerleader practice. He was a full-time dad. What I love is he sort of just got out of the carpool, put on a bandana, and went back (laughs) on stage, you know? He's just, that's just who he is. Then the kids got older
1: and he got the itch, and oh, six or so, he went back on the road and he didn't dye his hair. He made no attempt to look young. He made no attempt to be cool. He just started playing his songs again. And the shows were fantastic. I saw him tons of times.
0: So at the start of the interview, you end up asking Bob about his health because in this year of rock and roll deaths and health scares, he had a little bit of a health scare, but hopefully he seems to be okay. What happened exactly?
1: Well, I go once a tour at the very least. And the nearest show I could get to was in Ohio. He was playing Columbus. So about two months ago... I fly out there I get dinner I'm walking to the arena when I get the email that the show is canceled Wow (laughs) and I'm like oh shit but turns out it was not that major he had some back problems he had a slipped disc prior to this tour and his doctor told him that he could go on tour and get surgery afterwards but if things get worse that he can't then he woke up on the day of the show I was trying to go to and his leg was hurting it was kind of dragging and he, he called his doctor and his doctor said no like the tour's done <laughs> but he seems okay yeah you know, he seemed fine on the phone he was in good spirits and he's hoping to rebook the, whole, the entire tour in the spring
0: but you know these guys uh, you know we have to treasure these guys while we have them I think that everyone hopefully is learning that you know and yeah. he, he can't even play guitar or piano right now he, he told you so you just gotta hope he gets better and you, you know, know probably go to see him if he can, you can I know? am confident he will I mean he's 72 years old uh, but he's I see him going for years to come he seems very motivated Tell me more about this album, because there were some themes that he particularly pursued on it. The big theme is the loss of his friend, Glenn Fry,
1: that it's not super widely known, but they were together in the earliest days of E Detroit rock scene. They were friends as teenagers, and Glenn is actually on background vocals on the song, Rambling, Gambling Man. Wow. Uh, and he wanted to join the band, but Glenn's mom said, no, like, that's crazy. You're not going to join some rock and roll band. <laughs> It's a very weird moment
0: in history. So he ended up writing like a bunch of songs about him.
1: Yeah, there's two songs on the album about him and the titles about him. And Bob loves the Eagles. And he actually, co-wrote Hartwick Tonight, it's a big hit of theirs.
0: There's actually a song called Glenn's Song on the album. So I think we can guess what that one's about. So why don't we hear that one?
2: When I think about
0: you, I always smile. We're about to play Andy Green's interview with Bob Seger. Let's hear how it went. Are you feeling better now? Are you Are you recovering? Uh, well,
2: I still got pain in my neck, and I'm still on pain medication, and uh, it's uh, I'm definitely feeling better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm six weeks into a, uh, a three a three month recovery, so mm. any time now, the, if the pain stops, uh, you know, I could start singing and playing again. But uh, I mean, at least. Practicing a little bit, but uh, right now I can't lift more than five pounds and stuff like that. Oh, I'm pretty restricted, yeah.
1: Are you walking easily and stuff? Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah. I wasn't at first, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was such a, it was a shock. I mean, I knew I, I knew what I was doing, but before I operated on it, I didn't have any pain. <laughs> <laughs> nah. But because they went into the back mm-hmm. uh, and my shoulder muscles are so powerful, you know, they said, you're going to have significant pain after this, you know, mm-hmm. for a while. And they said it could run as, as, as up to like January 20th. I, I got to operate on October
1: 20th. So, so yeah. what happened? Because you were on tour. So what happened exactly?
2: I, I guess I ruptured a disc. Mm-hmm. And the, the only symptoms I had were tingling in my hands and arms. But the second that showed up, uh, they had warned me. If it went to any one, either one of my legs, then uh, stop immediately. So mm-hmm. we pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I started feeling a little drag in my left leg, and they said, "Oh no, that's it. You're <laughs> done. <laughs> we can't risk anymore. And then I went and you know, checked out four doctors and four different places, and made my decision. and uh, yeah, and so uh, now I got to live with it. <laughs>
1: right, so are the shows being rescheduled for next year now?
2: Uh, they'll be rescheduled as soon as I know, as soon as the pain stops. Okay. There's, you know, I mean, they, doctors have to say this. You know, it, it may never stop. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, but they have to say that. But I'm, I'm, I, it gets better all the time. It really is getting better. The tingling in my hands and arms is is, is probably down to ten percent of what it was. Mm-hmm. And you know, my neck hurts better every day. I got to admit that. Yeah. Cool. You know, on a scale of one to ten, it's probably a one
1: are you, It's just are, annoying. Are you playing guitar at all, seated or No, anything? I
2: can't do anything. No oh, okay. piano, no guitar, no nothing. Because gotcha. that runs right back up to the neck.
1: Right, you know? gotcha.
2: And, um, and, and the worst thing is you can't work out or anything. I mean, I'm allowed to do three pound weights but nothing over my head no. and, and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I, I can walk a lot. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So, yeah. do you ever doing ma- that a lot? So, uh-huh. so do you ever imagine at at age seventy two that you'd still be doing all this? You'd still be touring, and uh, making records. Uh,
2: yeah, I was feeling great. <laughs> 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 you know, and the band was playing great. It was that's why it was so hard to stop. I said, right. well, it's, it's only thirty gigs. I think I could do it, maybe. You know, right. and they said, well, you know, really the chance that you're hurting yourself is low unless you start dragging that leg. Right.
1: So, uh, yeah. I mean, more like back at age 30, did, did you ever oh, see... God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no.
2: No, I thought I'd be done by 30.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> My original plan in high school was to, to do it uh, from, uh, for five years between age 25 and 30 and then buy a motorcycle and drive across Europe.
1: That wow. was my original plan, <laughs> and then get a real job, you know? Yeah. But <laughs>
2: wow. it didn't work out that way, no. you know? I, I don't know. And then the more you do it, I guess the more you love it, you know how that yeah.
1: goes. Yeah. Are you you, are you, you? still tempted to go on that bike trip across Europe? No. No? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's too far now. Right. I do ride my cycle, but I only go about 100, 100 miles.
1: A day, right, yeah. No. Uh, it's
2: just too much. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So, to switch to the new album here, can you tell me the role that Glenn Fry's passing had in the, in the creation of this album? Well,
2: I mean, he was my oldest friend in music, you know, I met right. him in 66, and we actually recorded Ramblin' Gamble Man in 66, in late 66, although we held it till 68, late 68 till uh, to put it out, But uh, and he sang on it, and, and mm-hmm. we were really good friends. And uh, you know, we were just peas in a pod. We were so alike, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, uh, and you know, and I, I knew him my whole life. And 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 he would call me, I would call him, you know, asking advice and stuff like that. What do you think of this? and What do you think of that? It was just my closest relationship in mm-hmm. music, you know. Mm-hmm. With uh, and after I met Henley, he was probably my second closest, you know. Right. But uh, but Glenn and I started out together. we were just a couple of you know knuckleheads from uh he was from royal oak and i was from detroit you know and, and via ann arbor where i grew up i moved there when i was five and um you know and we were just i don't know he, he, i was so thrilled when he made it and he was so thrilled when i made it you know three years later and, and it, uh, so uh, you know we 've just been kind of uh, each other 's cheerleaders for for years and, mm-hmm. and I just didn 't expect it. I mean, I saw him six months before mm, right on on an eagle 's tour at Joe Lewis here,
1: yeah. and they sounded amazing,
2: you know, and they mm-hmm. sounded great and, and he, he looked okay, he looked thin, but yeah. he didn 't look haggard and he was real excited about doing this uh, Hotel California play. He was working with Robert Wohl, uh... at the comedian and, and some other people and they were going he said i'm gonna come to ann arbor because they got a great theater company there and we're, we're gonna try out some of this stuff in ann arbor in the fall i said well call me when you get here mm-hmm. and then i never heard anything and mm-hmm. then the next thing i knew he was in the icu and he was in a coma you know no henley henley told me and uh... i couldn't see him so I never saw him again. Oh, yeah. You know, it was really heartbreaking. The only people that were allowed in were uh, 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 Cindy and, and the kids.
1: Right, and so this album, there's so many moments where you're reflecting on him and that time in yeah. life. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, he was such a he was such a positive influence in my life. That's the yeah. best. It's so so true. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he always wanted. Uh, you know, we, we were pretty ambitious guys, and, and so we understood the deal. You know, and 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 and, 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 and the compromises, and the, and also the thrills uh, in doing what we do. And mm-hmm. and you know, I remember when he, after the fourteen year hiatus, when he got back with the Eagles, and I think I saw him uh, first tour, and he said, uh, "I'm so grateful." So grateful to still be able to do this at my age. Yeah, wow. and uh, you know, you know, and, and 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 I never thought of it that way, but <laughs> I sure am now. Yeah. <laughs> at uh, the time, I wasn't thinking of it that way, but right. I, I kept championing and I kept pushing him to do it. Actually, right. he didn't. He was the only eagle who didn't want to do it.
1: Right.
2: For for years, and I just said, you know, I, I think he'd have fun. I think you would. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, you guys, they never yeah. want to weigh on the radio. Right, know?
1: yeah, they like it got bigger. Uh,
2: so it's just my tribute to Glenn. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I told Cindy uh, at the memorial that I was thinking about doing it, and she said, go yeah. ahead, I'm sure it's in good hands, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I told her I was going to call it I Knew You When, which is a song from uh, actually 1999 or something like that that I'd written Mm-hmm. And it just felt perfect. You know, it sounds a little bit faintly like an Eagles song, and yeah. and there's harmonies in it, and uh, uh, I just thought it was a, a a perfect thing to call it because it was true. Yeah. I, I knew him before anybody else in music. Knew yeah.
1: Him. <laughs> so then, what drew you to the Lou Reed song "Busload of Faith"?
2: Well. Um, well first of all he passed away mm-hmm. and, and I, I first, the first one I did was uh, a Leonard Cohen song and I said uh, I told Cindy that too I said I'm, I'm just gonna since I'm doing this uh, I'm gonna you know also salute a couple of my heroes, you know, mm-hmm. Lou Reed and and, and Larry Cohen. First time I heard the song was in a movie with James Woods and Robert Downey Jr. called True Believer. Mm-hmm. And it was the closing song over the credits. Yeah. And so I immediately went out and bought the album. And, uh, you know, I've, I've loved Lou's stuff for years, you know. I think yeah. Magic and Loss is my favorite. But at any rate, uh, you know, I I just love the imagery of a bunch. This is how I see it: as a bunch of people sitting on a bus, you know, and they're working people, and maybe they can't afford a car. You know, maybe it's just cheaper to take a bus, and they're going to work and singing. These days, you need a busload of faith to get by, yeah, <laughs> because of the maybe because of the you know e- economic division in our country, yeah. you know, and. and and, and then stagnant wages and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It just felt like right. It felt right to do it yeah. now. And and I contacted Lou's state mm-hmm. and I told him I made a few changes and, they, yeah. and they, I dropped one verse that was about rape and abortion and stuff. I just wanted to get out of the radio if possible. You know?
0: right. yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people didn't hear it. You know, Maybe certain stations yeah. didn't want to touch it. And there was a lot of negative religiosity i really only changed five lines in the whole song now, yeah
1: did you ever meet lou never met lou huh. no 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 never that, did did there's that lie in the song where he where he he says you can't depend on the water that maybe oh that of, came out of flint yeah flint <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i said that's going to be the last
2: line of the song you yeah know. yeah michigan had reference there
1: oh yeah so, yeah uh, you know, I think of so many of your songs, like "Against the Wind" and "Night Moves," and songs on this album, where you're singing about your teenage years. You, mm-hmm. That always seems to be a period of your life that, that even as a as a pretty young man, that you were looking back upon still. Is those?
2: It was probably
1: my favorite time. Mm-hmm. High school.
2: Up until high school, I was super shy, and then I I developed a a, a bunch of friends from a school across town, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we call ourselves the association you know mm-hmm. and uh and we just you know i really came out of my shell Yeah, you know? uh, they were all in the same economic bracket as me some of some were a little well off but i was lower definitely lower middle class you know mm-hmm. and uh, but it, it, it didn't matter you know and, and if i didn't have a car they gave me a ride someplace it was just a wonderful time my high school years were my favorite years
1: Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so even as a man in your early 30s, you, you were still, you were really thinking back to this time when you wrote so many Yeah,
2: it was, it, uh, after that it was like 12 years of, you know, 250 to 300 mm-hmm. shows a, a year, you know, in various bars, and, yeah. and this, that, and the other, you know, universities, and, and yeah, <laughs> you know, high schools, <laughs> yeah. gymnasiums, you know. And uh, first time I played with the, uh MC five was in a gymnasium over on the east side.
1: Wow, yeah, speaking of I'd love to hear your first memory of ever seeing Iggy Pop.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Birmingham, Michigan, which is not mm-hmm. far from me.
1: Yeah. Uh, about
2: about eight miles. And uh, my my manager had a place called I oh no, I can't remember what it was called. It doesn't matter. But that's acts in there, Joe Cocker and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Fleetwood Mac with uh, uh, with the great guitarist uh, Jeremy Spencer, and uh, the other one, like really good. Uh, I can't think of the guy. He, he was a guy that became kind of religious. Oh, that is that Peter Green? Peter Green, yeah, yeah. And I just saw great bands there all the time, uh, and, 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 and then of course we'd play it as well. And the first time I saw it, well, actually the, the first time I met Iggy was he was playing drums on a Rationals record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rationals were a local band. Yeah. And I met him at, uh, uh, and, and and his name at that point was uh, Dave Osterberg, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he was a good drummer, by the way. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw him live, I, he had just tremendous charisma, you mm-hmm. know, uh, just really, and I love, now I want to Peter talk. <laughs> I love, still love that song. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. I, I've run into him down through the years because we're both real good friends with Don was. And, and I've always loved him. I, I remember I went to a show in, in uh, where was it, uh, on Ford Road? A B.B. King show. Yeah. I walked in to see B.B. King. He was playing a small club, and there's Ziggy Pop. <laughs> we yeah. sat together and watched B.B. King. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I'm sure seeing the Stooges in like 1967, that must have been astounding. Just the energy and the feralness of that. They were really good. Yeah.
2: Really, really good. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, got great reactions from the
1: crowd. Yeah. Uh, you cover, no, you covered Leonard Cohen's "Democracy" on the album. Yeah. Uh, are you sort of singing about the state of America now. When, when were you thinking about that? As you as you: were Well,
2: listening? it was one of my favorite songs of all time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's part of it. But uh, uh, Leonard actually died the day Trump was elected. Right. But uh, and uh, I'd always, I always I, the, the the future album that mm-hmm. Leonard did he is my favorite Leonard Cohen album of all time. Yeah, I've got them all, but that's my favorite. Yeah. And uh, I love wait I love waiting for the miracle. I love yeah. democracy. I love mm-hmm. closing time. There's so many great songs on that record. Mm-hmm. Democracy was always the one that stuck with me. And then I read that he, he actually wrote it about the fall of the Berlin Wall. Right. In 91, I think. And, uh, of course, I'd, I'd always studied his lyrics, like I did Joni Mitchell's, like I mm-hmm. did Tom Waits, like you know, all my favorite lyric writers. And, um, you know, I just felt like it felt right, you know, to do it. Yeah. And, and this bass player that I always use in Nashville, I, I sent him the song. I said, I want to do this, what do you think? And he said, he'd never heard it. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Glenn Worf. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, uh, it's a masterpiece, man, we gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a bunch of people together. I took the horns and the girls down in Nashville with me, and Rob and Moose were on it, and uh, my, my guitar player and piano player, guitar player. And uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. We did it live, first uh-huh. take
1: by the way wow. first take so in the aftermath of Tom Petty and Greg Allman and David Bowie yeah all of these people it's just been yeah. brutal two years just how do you feel after all that do you think more about well you sure
2: think about your mortality yeah and uh and, and you say you know it's important to do now what you really want to do mm-hmm. you know and, 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 and follow your own personal vision and um just reinforce that, you know, and yeah, because um, uh, you, know, you don't know how much time you got.
1: Yeah, I mean, are you more grateful for every day? Oh God, up? yes. Yeah. Oh
2: heck, yes. Mm-hmm. And and now I, I think I work even harder on the show mm-hmm. and on the stage. I I I, I'm, I did some songs that I couldn't do because they were so difficult, like the fire inside. Yeah. And you'll accompany me very high, mm-hmm. and I, I said, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna. Do them anyway, I don't care. Right. I, I really wore myself out on this tour, but it, but they went over great. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe you look up to me. people were saying it knew every word. Wow. You know, they sang every word, you know, and I guess that's the the power of the greatest hits going ten million, you know? yeah. So uh, there's and the firing sides on it as well. And I got a new drummer. Mm-hmm. the The first time I used him was uh, on Democracy. Yeah. Uh, his name is uh, Greg Morrow, yeah. and I said, "Hey Greg, you want to go out with us?" and And I've just discovered that in the rehearsal stage for this tour, he could play anything. Yeah. So it, it all you know, anything that I, 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 I wasn't so sure other drummers could play, mm-hmm. he could play. So and I said, "Okay, now I can do him."
1: So was Don Brewer busy? He couldn't make this tour. <laughs>
2: Don was busy. It oh. came up real fast,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we'd have had to delay it a lot. Right. And I said, "Don, I'm sorry, man. I, I really want to do this. I want to yeah. get out, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, and, and start playing these songs." Yeah. And so he understood. You know, as right. a matter of fact, we used uh, Grand Funk on a couple of our shows, and okay. uh, and he's still a great friend of mine, and I yeah. think he's a wonderful drummer, but. But I just wanted to get out there, right, you know, exactly. and, and, and I always had that problem with Don because he is very loyal to his guys mm-hmm. and we constantly have to book around him. And uh, right. so this time we just didn't have that
1: luxury. So you talked about the day that Trump won. You no, know, he won in places like Michigan with white voters. Oh, yeah. Did that surprise no, you, or, or, or do you understand Well, I
2: understand it because I live here, uh-huh. and the second you got out of uh, town, uh-huh. every rural area, I never saw a Clinton sign. I saw a Trump sign.
1: And so, so how do you understand that? It,
2: it, it was the rural people who elected them,
1: you know? Uh-huh.
2: And uh, they, they jumped on it, and... and, and, and well, I, I think they're very dissatisfied with Washington. You know do something different and, and uh, uh and so they did
1: it, it's sort of sad that he's now working to sort of to make their lives worse in a lot of ways i mean
2: i was at the kennedy center honors you know honoring glenn mm-hmm. thinking heartache tonight and uh i'm in the east room listening to obama and and then and, and, and as it, all the cast in the east room and mm-hmm. the eagles are up on stage and all the other honorees and stuff and and then we got in the line to meet you know obama and, and michelle mm-hmm. you know and um my wife talked to michelle and i talked uh, i talked to uh, uh barack and and i just said mr president i just want to say one thing please you know uh, thank you for your wisdom and your dignity mm-hmm. you know and um you know I, I, henley called me how'd you like it and i said man, what a great week, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to be with my best friends in music, you guys, and I, and I got to meet my favorite president of my lifetime.
1: So to switch gears now, your music is now on streaming services, so why would that finally change and happen?
2: oh I you know I don't know I don't mm-hmm. even look into that end. Uh-huh. that's where uh, Mike Boyle you probably talked to yes. today yes. and my manager Punch deal with all that stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and they figure out the timing and everything on when they want to do this or yes. that or the other because we've got a, such a long contract mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, with Capital we've been with them 50 years now yes. and the uh, longest tenured article or artist yes. On, yes. Uh, on Capital Records and at any rate um New media was a, a thing put in our contract way back in 67. <laughs> so we have to renegotiate it so much. Yeah. You know, uh, What's the deal? And, and that's Mike and Punch's end. And, and I just leave it up to them. Yeah. And they say, okay, we're ready to do it, or we're not. or you know. But, yeah.
1: uh, are you happy that so much uh, of your music is, is, is now freely available on Spotify and streaming services?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, although I remember for years, my manager would go in. I remember when we put out "Face the Promise," and he said he'd walk into Capitol and, and see all the execs sitting there. He says, and he'd say, first thing he'd say is, "I don't want to talk about Spotify." <laughs> 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 and then he'd call me and he said the first hour and a half was all about Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. and he said, he said, okay, you keep talking, I'm not gonna comment. You know, no. Yeah. We talk about the album, yeah. <laughs> or the CD, or whatever, yeah. and uh, so uh, it's it's been an ongoing process. <laughs> right. he's uh, a pretty pugnacious guy,
1: but Yeah, I mean, know. I think the worry is that with your music, that well, that that for so many years it was unavailable. That a lot of new yeah. young people they had no yeah. access to your songs. Right, did that alarm you at all? Yes,
2: but at the same time, mm. I mean, I can't about my success with punch my manager you know he hasn't been wrong too many times
1: right
2: and um it could be a reason why we were the biggest selling catalog album uh between 2000 and 2010 right nobody outsold us nobody on earth outsold us.
1: right and and it it
2: could be because we stayed off that that grid you know and um you know, and we've been touring since 2010 and, and right. it, or, or before 2006, and so that might be the the major factor why we did
1: make Diamond 10. Million. Wow. And so, what's it going to take to get to get early albums like that, that are like Brand New Morning and My back in print? <sighs> um, Jack White's always asking me
2: about that. <laughs> <laughs> on mix of all wow. <laughs> wow yeah I'll do it for free you know, I say yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah, I wouldn't make you do it for free right but it just seems like I'm on to the next thing and then the next tour right and I just I don't have the time to go back there just yet. You know, maybe when I retire, I'll I'll, I'll get serious about it, but it's just, uh, because it's funny, because when the Eagles, even before they played with Ronstadt, Glenn told, called me up and said, we're doing Big River from Mongol." Yeah. And and you know uh, life is like a big river, and you know just to know those guys were playing that at bars yeah. before they even knew Ronstadt, Henley, and then. and uh, you know it, it, it's it, there's some good stuff in there, but. Um, just that's a time factor. You know, I'm I'm always on the next and I get excited about the next
1: and all I want to do is write. I love writing. Right, you know, it's sort of interesting. So many of your peers focus a lot of energy on polishing up their legacies with documentaries and books and big reissues of their old albums and all these remasters, but but you've never really cared about that stuff.
2: Well, I've only got so much energy
1: and I try to
2: put it into the music Mm -hmm. or the performance or uh, you know, rehearsing with the band or, mm-hmm. or making the show better or 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 making the album better that I'm working on. I, I did go back a little bit on this album.
1: Do you ever think hey, about writing a book about your life?
2: Yeah, I think about it. I've started I started it one time. Huh. And I tell you what I bought. I bought um I don't know if you know who John McPhee is, uh, but uh, he's, re- he's one of a, 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 a Pulitzer, and and, uh, and he's uh, 86 years old, and he's been teaching the same writing class since 1976, huh? and he just put out a book called uh, Draft Number Four, hmm. and it's his writing class that he's been teaching at Princeton since 1976. So I got, that's the next book up, right now I'm finishing Grant, oh my God, it takes forever. It's yeah. a thousand pages. <laughs> I'm up in the 700s, but uh, high in the 700s, but I got a ways to go. And that's my next book.
1: Huh. But, so, yeah. you're also, so you're thinking that you might write a book about your life one day? Well,
2: I actually set up a computer at the right height to, to type one, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, got a, I got a writing desk. I got everything ready. I don't know what I'll write, uh, but uh, I, I may write about me.
1: I don't know. I don't so you wouldn't know. use a, a ghostwriter. you do it yourself.
2: Oh, no. i do it myself, yeah.
1: And how about, like, a documentary on your life to hire, like, a, oh, like, a great know. director to, to do that? I think
2: the problem with us is we haven't gotten any film.
1: Oh. The Eagles
2: were smart. They made a lot of film. Right. We've got film, but our lights weren't very good. Okay. And it's kind of cruddy film. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the lighting isn't good. The, uh, yeah. Uh, that's all I can say so I uh, you know the, the Eagles were, were, were really smart they, yeah. they got to them when they were young Right. Uh, you know they took good care of it uh, we were just busy touring you know right. you weren't
1: uh, thinking about
2: we, we couldn't wait to get on stage
1: again <laughs> yeah. uh, are you curious to see Bruce on Broadway
2: I am I, I would like to see that uh, right now <coughs> we're hoping that maybe we in, in mid march it might be a, a pipe dream mm-hmm. but uh, we wanted to do these we got two hundred thousand tickets out there so right. we want to do the uh, 20 shows we got left mm-hmm. that's our first order of business yeah. uh, and um, as as early as possible mm-hmm. but it's all health dependent you know yeah.
1: no, they're um, a lot
2: and I can't really book anything until i i, I uh, you know, until I got,
1: I got the clearance from the yeah. doctors. Now, there are lots of veteran acts now who play their albums in concert. Does the thought of a Night Moves concert or a Live Bullet concert, does it appeal yeah, to you? Yeah, I like you? it when,
2: uh, I saw Bruce doing The River, and I really yeah. like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, uh, I, no, not really. Uh, you know, uh, what I want to do is do this album. The only one we got to play was Buslo. Right. And we released that kind of as a work record for radio. Mm-hmm. And we were playing that. And then and we only played it for like two weeks. And I was off the road.
1: No.
2: You know, and it was, it was, it, we chose that one because everybody's on it. You know, right. the girls, the horns, everybody. And, and, it, and, uh, uh, and it's unusual compared to the rest of the set. Right. For us. It's, it's, it's just stone, straight ahead, Lou Reed. I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I do somebody else, I really try to do them like them. Right. You know, when I sang Heartache, you know, I wanted to sing it as much like Glenn. When I sang a little bit of, of Life in the Fast Lane, I tried yes. to sing it exactly like Don. Oh, wow. You know, And, and uh, that's honoring somebody, I think. You right. sing it exactly like them, as close as you can. Yeah. And I'd go over and over and over. I was driving Vince Gill nuts. He was
0: next to me in the yeah.
2: basement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, what are you doing? I said, I just, So, I want to sound as much like those guys as I can.
1: So, tell me your favorite TV show, Now the Good Wife is Gone. <laughs>
2: ah, Madam Secretary.
1: Oh yeah, why?
2: Love it. I just think it's, it's, it's got great writing, great characters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very uh, modern, the mm-hmm. thinking. Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm into world affairs. I, I read a lot, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, I read the New York times every day, mm-hmm. uh, top to bottom, you know, yeah. and, uh, that's what I read when I go to bed yeah. and, uh, watch a lot of political shows and, and, uh, you know, try to keep up with what's happening.
1: Right. And your favorite movie that you've seen all year?
2: Favorite movie I've seen, I probably, hell on high water.
1: Huh. So to just wrap up on a previous point, why not hire a producer or someone you trust who sort of makes your old records and just get them out? Because I know
2: exactly what I want.
1: Oh, okay. And
2: I, I know every time. I, I mean, I, I, I write a lot of the parts in my head, like mm-hmm. the guitar part. I wrote that on guitar mm-hmm. for uh, See Inside and stuff. And, yeah. and, and I write everything in my head. And I know, uh, you know, uh, all, all the session guys that I use say, We'd rather have somebody who knows what he wants than somebody who doesn't know
1: what he so, wants. I, I started talking about your about your early albums. Uh, why not hire a person to 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 to, to sort of master them. Then I did sort up. of. I kind of had uh, uh,
2: the Muscle Shoals rhythm section in the '70s with mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and they were kind of producers. You know, we shared the producing credit, oh. and but. Uh, I wanted it more my way. You
1: know, you know I, 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 I'm sort of asking about your early albums that aren't back in print now. About hiring a oh, person to then, us, to get them out. I mean, yeah. But say that again. Oh no, I'm just wondering why if you don't have time to get your first four five albums back into print to hire yeah. to, to, to you know to, you know to give it to a, 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 a Jack White or somebody to get them back out. No, I don't want to do that. I, I
2: don't know because I. The second I'm done with the tour, mm-hmm. I want to take maybe a month off and then I can't wait to write something new. Okay. And, 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 and I just, you know, I just did a thing for Sirius Radio on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love their old stuff, mm-hmm. but I also love their new stuff. Yeah, You know, from Hell Freezes Over, from uh, 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 Long Road uh, to Eden, Eden. Yeah. I love that stuff. They, they were freed up. You know, they did yeah. they just did, tried something different and I and I love the fact that they did that. And uh, that's what I can't wait to do. Just yeah. try something completely different. But you know, there's not where of hell older, am I gonna go now? But
1: you know? there's so many of your fans that are just dying to hear those first few records. I mean, are you sympathetic <laughs> to their plate? No. <laughs> 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 to be honest. Right. I mean,
2: Well, it's like like you're just going way back there, and and, and, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, You know, like my son, uh, he's a writer, and he he just uh, went to film school, and he did his thesis film, and and, uh, on this album, his favorite line on this album is, uh, movement feels like freedom, sometimes that's all you need. Hmm. And he heard that in Runaway Train, and he said, wow, Dad, that's cool. mature and older your songs mature you know i think mm-hmm. one of the m- most mature eagle songs is henley's learn to be still yeah you know that's my mantra mm-hmm. uh I, I, you know learn to listen better learn to, uh, to analyze better why do you like something what what makes it good mm-hmm. you know because sometimes it's a performance sometimes it's a song it, it can be one or the other sometimes the song's not
1: Really random question to wrap up, now was Night Moves, was it partially inspired by Jungle Land because there's two bridges in there?
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I had the first
2: two verses forever, mm-hmm. took me six months to write it, and I just kept coming back to it, nah, that's not it, nah, that's not it. And then I heard uh, Bruce's Born to Run album, mm-hmm. and I heard Jungle Land. And uh, No, no, I don't know if I'm into him. I said, well, how about this? We'll need meet, meet, meet that giant Exxon sign that gives this fair city light. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll check that out.
1: you talk with Bruce often? Do you see him these days?
2: I don't see him often, but I do see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I would see him every six months. Oh, wow. You know? And uh, uh, I will go see a show uh, once the dust clears. Or I understand they, they've extended it, so now I've got a better chance. Yeah. I can't go see anybody uh-huh. right now. I can't even
1: go to a concert. Uh, I'm stuck at home. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's very temporary. But, Bob, I will let you go now. This is been great thank you so okay. much and get better soon i want to see you play again so heal up oh. well thanks andy thank you so much all right
0: take care right. Bye, bye bye so that's it that was andy green talking with bob seeger i'm brian hyatt and this has been rolling stone music now we'll be back with another episode at 1 p.m eastern here on sirius xm's volume channel 106 in the meantime download us as a podcast subscribe to us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts Leave us some nice reviews on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, but especially iTunes. And we will see you next week. Happy New Year. I'm Brian Hyatt, and this has been Rolling Stone Music Now.